This is a Star Trek crew. Somebody drinking Tranya out of a tiki glass shaped like a gourd. Welcome to the Extreme Tasting League, Scotch Edition. I'm Perrin Klump, one of your hosts. And I am Cedius, the other host who's here, because Dave, well, he likes to fuck off. Piss off, Dave. But we do have a guest. Who we let out of the basement after two weeks. Yes, where we've been keeping you until this podcast. And taunting you with all these bottles of scotch. My wife doesn't know where I am. Oh, we let her know. (laughs) We have your husband. He will be released in two weeks, unharmed, probably. (laughs) And I am Barry. I feel very welcome. Good. Good, good, good. I have Um, not been conditioned to say this. (laughs) But I'm going to continue eating your cheese. Well, that's fair. I mean, it did. So, I got this cheese at Cub. It's a a new cheese they're carrying. And they claim it's a cheddar parmesan blend. Really? I can see where you're going with it. Yeah. It's drier or harder than a traditional cheddar. But I'm not really sure... Not being a cheese... What, what is a cheese snob called? A cheese snob. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm sure there is something. I mean, if they're going to call a person who sells it a cheese monger, <laughs> which is, by the way, one of the best job titles ever. So what were you... What have you been doing? I was a cheese monger. Well, I mean, there's also a fish monger, so... Yeah, yeah, like... but, but I mean... Cheese is classier. Cheese is classier, and being a cheese monger just sounds... I was a cheese monger. That absolutely sounds like something out of the mind of John Cleese. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, there are a number of jobs. I mean, whether I would really enjoy them or want to do them, I don't know. But I would love to have on my resume cheesemonger. I'm not sure what all the other ones I would want to do are, but that would yeah. definitely be. As opposed to the last show, we have real corks this yes. time. With the delightful sound. Mm-hmm. We will be drinking the Highland Queen. It sounds like a rock and roll song. Highland Queen! No, that, that, that's Mississippi Queen. Yeah, well, this is the Scottish version. Actually, drinking the Highland Queen sounds more like a... Uh, a euphemism for something? A, a, well, it sounds more like a, 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 a fun song to be sung in a, in a pub... At uh, 3 a.m. With loaded yeah. with meaning that in, we will in, not get. In, in uh, Norwich with your pals. Yeah. But now... but now The Five Bells isn't closed yet. <laughs> Let's go drink the Highland Queen. I am, I am now... Oh, oh my. He'll be drinking the Highland Queen yeah. soon enough. <laughs> it just... <laughs> Toilet water? What? I, is that good? I don't know. <laughs> well, what I will tell you... Is this nose is something? It is a kind of dark straw. Yeah, this this edging this, this into is, gold. Yeah, this is where I would give you some gold. So crab apple, oh. crab apple, <laughs> Mrs. Crab apple. <laughs> I have to go. This tastes like burning. Is scotch good for us? <laughs> it is for me. It's good for teacher. Yeah. God, I haven't I haven't heard Mrs. Crab apple for a long time. I, I have to say, you know, not every show that they've done in their, what, 450 years of of run, uh, The Simpsons, has been the best show ever. And they have some problematic issues, but man, they occasionally are just painfully good. They were. I haven't. I really haven't sat down to watch one in a very, very long time. I don't think I've watched The Simpsons in 20 years. Definitely some... Um, uh, alcohol coming through. Oh yeah, some of that too. Time to reset the nose. What are we using to reset the nose there, Perrin? Why, I'm going to use True Stone Coffee. True Stone Coffee? True Beans... Uh, Fresh cool Roast, roast cool, cool Beans. Good job, Sorry. Perrin. I get, know. The, get the tagline. <laughs> nope. I'm not gonna. That's okay. James messes it up too. Coffee Roasters. They are uh, from St. Paul. And uh, this is a ripe cherry coffee... Filled with potential. Every hand that touches it will either spoil it or help bring it to life. We we all did our part. Now it's your turn. Brew wisely. Well, I'll fuck it up. I'll dance on the razor's edge. <laughs> hmm. Whoops. Today I fucked it up. Fortunately, <laughs> wisdom is not my dumb stat. <laughs> Have you ever danced with the devil of the pale moonlight? No, but I did step on the toes of the of a of a demon in a in a sort of grimy bar once. <laughs> Does that I, count? I recently watched um, the original uh, 
1989 Batman and totally had forgotten that that was what the Joker said before killing anybody. Yep. Yeah, it, you know... It was a weird thing to add. Yeah, it was. To this day, I have very mixed feelings about that movie. Mm-hmm. I The problem is, I can't watch it without going, look, it's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I, I wish they had gotten, while he does a fine version of the Joker, mm-hmm. I'm not dinging his performance... He's too iconic. I can't Are watch you saying him. there's too much Jack in my performance? I feel like yeah. Batman Returns really refined that formula of the first movie and made it way better. And Christopher Walken was an insane business Christopher man. Walken was in it. And he was a Bond villain. We yep. tied right back to the previous episode. <laughs> well, well done, sir. Well done. Yeah, I uh, so six degrees of our episodes, and we you do a fucking kill. <laughs> Some days, you just you just can't get rid of a bomb. Roger Roger Moore was so goddamn. Hey, you know, my birthday is the same birthday as Adam West, 19, uh, September nineteenth. Well played, good planning. Well laid, Adam West. Anyway, well, you're excused, Kitty. <laughs> you're excused. No. You're excused. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't blame Roger Moore though. Yeah, it's like it, it's not like I'm, I cannot imagine that Roger Moore was like, you know, I've decided to play this a little silly, <laughs> so silly that by the end of it, I'd like to be in clown makeup. Well, things like buy a view to a kill. Even he said that he felt really weird being so much older than the Bond girls he's being paired up with in those movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, one of my favorites, and I know that this is not many, is um, On Our Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, yeah, with John Lazenby. John Lazenby. Uh, the, the one Bond to play Bond once. Yep. And one reason I liked it is while it had both some fun gadgetry and mm-hmm. other stuff, it also had the villains wanted to do damage. Yeah. They, weren't, they weren't like, oh, I've been defeated. Quick. To the escape pod. It's like, nope, I'm going to lay in wait and shoot you. See, I just remember that movie as the villain just wanting to get really, really, really psychedelic high with a whole bunch of models in the, in the Alps. Yeah, well, who, who doesn't? I mean, tough work if you can get it, but... <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like that movie was made for other reasons. <laughs> To, anyway, to, I've, to, I've derailed this way to, too to, much. To help cure allergies? Is that is that the other reason? <laughs> if only that would work. Hmm. I'm the, the the potency of the alcohol in the nose makes me very worried for the for the sipping here. Yeah, I'm getting a, a very light smoke. Or I'll, I'll since I've already gone and sipped, I will. I will wait for you to finish on, on the nose. I, I will say what I think. W- what you're seeing as smoke is. I'm not as tuned as you guys, so basically, I'll just. I can only say that it smells like whiskey. <laughs> Zowie, Batman, that's got some kick. I believe what you were smelling was actually acetone and not smoke. Well, it is definitely whoa. Oh wow. Friendly mm. wants to it, yeah. hug your face. Uh, it is forty six percent, so a little lower than I was expecting it to be. But so it's it's a little rough, mm-hmm. as has been common for what this is, and mm-hmm. and what this is to to give it away at this point now is rum finished, mm-hmm. and with the exception mm-hmm. of. The Grand Reserva Glenfiddich, I have not had a rum-finished single malt that I found engaging. I'm not hating it, but I am finding it... It's overwhelmed. I mean, it, it's not overwhelming, right? but the flavors are overwhelmed by the alcohol. It's mm, just... yeah. In, in, I mean, I can tell it's got some interesting flavors there trying to express themselves. And and I can, like, uh, kind of a astringent chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll see how fast it would evaporate from my tongue. And there, 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 there's a grassiness, heatherness to this, too. Yeah, yeah. In the palate. And then 
fades into the finish. It gets a little maltier. Mm-hmm. But it, so it, no, no point in there is any, are any of those flavors bad. They're flavors I find interesting. <clears throat> Whether I like them, they're they're. The, the potency in combination thereof is not... It, the overwhelming alcohol just sort of goes, I don't care if you have interesting flavors. I'm going to jump on your face. Surprisingly sweet in the finish. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a return of kind of that chocolatey... Uh, if you were having a chocolate uh, wafer bar, sure, it's a little less sh- sugary sweet. But it's got that combination of chocolate and like crunch, like wafer. Yeah, I, I see the wafer, sort of weedy. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I'm gonna take your chocolate and I'm gonna make a chocolate orange. I I think that's where the. Are you a wizard? I think the sweetness that I'm getting in there is is a little <clears throat> bit of an orange, a citrus note. But yeah, there's a heavy chocolate note, and I, I definitely agree. There, there's definitely. You know, Kit Kat aftertaste. The the, the waferness. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's sipping drinks, and then there's sipping drinks. <laughs> this is something I feel like I would drink extremely slowly. <clears throat> Actually, because I don't really like the taste all that much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I really know where you're coming from on that. Yeah. But also, it's, yeah, it is quite strong on the alcohol side. Mm-hmm. Which is a pity. Too fast, and I would definitely get a headache from this. Mm-hmm. It's a pity because sometimes there's drinks that are very alcoholy that you're just like, oh, that's a very young and immature drink, and it hasn't figured out where its flavors are coming from, and all you get is a, is a punch of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And this one, I feel like there's a bunch of interesting flavors waiting to be... They may, may or may not be uh, worked well together, or I mean, I'm not trying to say it's this awesome drink just waiting to to be discovered behind the alcohol. Right. But the alcohol is so overpowering that you can't really get to the rest of it. <clears throat> it might be something that's maybe meant to be paired. Hmm. With either like red meat. Or I was going to say. Strong salmon. Yeah. Hmm. I not that I have ever tried to have, um, like, salmon, uh, a smoke, a smoked salmon, mm-hmm. and scotch. Yeah. But I would be like, what? What can I have that's really strong? Mm. And that would be what I'd pair with that. Sure. Yeah. Because this would, I mean, like, if you ate, drank this with a delicate fish. Mm. Right, right over. Yeah, no, I always usually I like to have uh, whiskey after steak. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, see, I the, see, see where I I was not seeing this as something to go with with the meat. I was seeing this as like with a cheesecake. Yeah, that is a really. Um, uh, broad gap between sweet and uh, alcohol burn, <laughs> but I can see that you. This is one that you either have to go with a strong contrast, mm-hmm. or something that that will blend well with it. Mm-hmm. Because if you get something that's like, well, eh, it's a little a little different. It's it's just there's no way they would they would. Work together, I think. Right. Um, yeah, you wouldn't want to do this with the chocolate tort. Okay, so wet, the nose fades pretty heavily. But I feel like if you're having something uh, kind of vinegary, it might kind of go all right with that. Yeah. Because it, it would kind of Ooh. ease you into that, that sort of taste. Burger and... and uh, and malt vinegar, vinegar fries. Oh yeah. By the way, I don't know if you're familiar. The reason we're snorting uh, coffee mm-hmm. is not a caffeine issue, mm-hmm. but it will reset your nose. Yeah, it's like okay. Much, yeah. That was that was 
like 50% for you and 50% for the audience, li- <laughs> the, the person listening Hear, at home. Hearing weird inhaling sounds. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are they snorting? Yeah, the, the, the lightness is certainly there, but the, 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 the sweetness comes through real strong in what's left of the nose for me. And I can almost smell the rum undertone. Mm-hmm. I think the rum is what's giving it the chocolatey quality. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Well, the palate turns to straw. I don't like it. Uh, I'm going to try a little extra water. The the alcohol is still there. I'm now I I get a little chocolate on the front. And the finish is like a punch of chocolate cream, like a cream chocolate soda. Sure. And I'm I'm not a massive fan of it, but there's no escaping it. It's almost French silk pie. Yeah. Uh, Oh, uh, French silk pie with um, cappuccino. You're making me want Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, before we finish, why the fuck is it always so busy? What the hell? Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. I like I like me some Cheesecake Factory. I mean, who doesn't want a plate of food that will feed a family of seven? Yeah. Um, I think but, it's, it's one of those restaurants where it's just on that line where it's inviting to the widest, widest variety possible. Well, that like, the menu book yeah, certainly covers all opportunities. I love a, I love breakfast all day long. Don't get me wrong, um, but it's like um, there's not many places that bring uh, twenty and thirty something couples with no kids mm-hmm. and families with grandparents and grandkids all together. Uh, um, so I feel like there's there's a they have sort of like a universal appeal at Cheesecake Factory that really can that's really effective at drawing virtually every fair like, enough it's no. like it's it's mainly the age difference like they they can encompass they encompass like a broad uh, appeal for a lot of age age ranges. No, that's fair. I, I it yeah. was it was it's not that I mean I like eating there. It's just. I've never, I think, been to it during a, a normal peak time mm. any day of the week where they're not, oh, it's a 40-minute wait. Yeah. I'm like, really? I mean, you've been open for a long time now. Uh, good for them. I mean... I, I've never actually eaten at a Cheesecake Factory, so I have. Really? No way. Um, well, thank you for trying to help me yeah. be able to get my seat faster. Uh, it, is what, a, it is a little more expensive dinner, but it's uh, very good. And that would be no, what I will say is, 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 you know, as far as you know, the the older crowd going, there, they're running out of places they can go because there's not so many Denny's left. Perkins is dying, yeah. so you know, in too many places, Baker's Square. I mean, that's where, where else are the old people going to go? Well, and a lot of places are, um, you know, making their music louder and louder, and I'm I'm getting into that age where I'm complaining about how loud the music is. <laughs> In restaurants, get off my lawn. Keep, 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 keep waiting. Then it'll be just loud enough for you to be able to hear it. Yeah. What? I didn't. Um, didn't think so. No, I. Uh, yeah, I. I, I <laughs> the thing that I'm frustrated with music at restaurants is, hey, if it's a bar mm-hmm. that is either got a band or something like that, that's what you're there for. Totally get it. A pub. That has scheduled performances. Deal with it. If you don't want music, don't go when it's on. Right. But I really am annoyed at how intentionally loud a lot of places make. It's like I, I'd like to talk to whomever. Usually my family. Yeah. But when you have to yell, like it's it's like it's in a loud bar, but I'm sitting at a restaurant. That's frustrating. Mm-hmm. And now I will yell at a cloud. And, and this is why I don't go to Crave. Uh, excuse me, that's pronounced Crave. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> I, I. It's not that I hate their food. I do. Uh, fair enough, but I can't say their name. It's like it's 
Crave. Yeah. Did you wear an onion on your belt because it was the style at the time? Yeah, but <laughs> we could only get... <clears throat> I remember when I wore an onion on my belt, but it was a white onion because there was a war on. <laughs> God, that is one of the funniest sequences the Simpsons have ever done. Grandpa Simpson was a treasure. <laughs> Ooh, this is the independent spirit. A true legend since 1561. So so does it ask, am I being detained? <laughs> yes. Highland Queen Majesty. Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, product of Scotland. Rum Cask Finish, aged in oak casks. Finished in rum casks. Let's see now. Since 1561, Mary, Queen of Scots, has embodied the enduring and noble values, history, and independent spirit of Scotland. Highland Queen Majesty Rum Cask Finish has been carefully selected from the finest malts in Scotland to offer a distinctive and smooth whiskey for the enjoyment of all. The result we leave with confidence to your judgment. I judge it harshly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, sucks to be you. <laughs> you chose poorly. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I'm a fan. Um, like I said, Rumcast Finished has just generally not done much for me, um, which is odd because I like rum. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least I did when I was learning to like alcohol because it was rum and vodka that I was weaned into to alcohol on. Um, but yeah, this, this it, it was the flavors were overpowering, but didn't blend well. I, I mean, the the, the chocolatey notes were, were okay, but there there was just mm-hmm. there was too much that I did not care for. Uh, I'm gonna give it a two six five. Um, we just give it sort of an even dose. Uh, yeah, it's it is sort of not a fan. Really overpowering. Yeah, uh, a, little, a little too much in sort of each way that I can that I can detect. I it had such potential. I mean, it's a, it's an unusual scotch that has strong chocolate flavors. Um, there was some definite potential there. I'm I'm almost all the more angry at them. For being like, look, we could have been this, but we didn't. So, ha. They sort of went with that, uh, if they're trying to suggest there's a rum taste to it, they sort of went the uh, LaCroix route of rum flavoring, where... They, they brought it by a bottle of rum? Yeah. And it, was, it was in a rum cask, but inside of another cask, inside of that cask. <laughs> we, we typed rum cask on the outside of the barrel it was being aged <laughs> yes. in. Because um, like yeah, I don't detect any of that. Like I, I expect rum to have a sweetness, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't detect like any kind of sweetness from this at all. Uh, I'm 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 gonna have to give it a two seven. Uh, I I have debated about even going lower, but I didn't I didn't hate it. I just it wasn't there for me. It was like it was one it was one mountain over. Mm-hmm. I could see what it. It could have been, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. So I did bring something to share. Uh, my wife found this at Trader Joe's. It is whiskey soap. Huh. And surprisingly, I mean, yes, soap is the overwhelming odor, but there is some some whiskey, at least uh, a hint of it, yeah, it's very, very subtle, but I'm <laughs> like, so I don't get it. So I will, I will be truly indulging in my Scotch whiskey <laughs> uh, by bathing in it. If if we're all getting into the topic of uh, whiskey crossed things, um, I was at uh, Jim's Apple Farm recently, uh, the enormous candy store. Um, oh, Chocolate oh, the Eat. largest. Uh, Candy store now guarded yeah. by a tank. <clears throat> yes, now guarded by a tank, and very temporarily at a drive-through window. Um, <clears throat> somebody had drove their car into the side. Yeah, of the, yeah, I've yeah. seen they have 
They have a. I, I was in there. I don't know when you were there, but it was post that. And yeah, they I was have, past that too. They have the the area with pictures. Yes. And, yeah, I I love that place. Um, I got there. I, I I was intending to bring more, but didn't realize I had eaten it all. But I got there. Um, uh, Jack Daniel's uh, fudge caramels. Mm. So basically. It's hard to describe because basically it was basically like the size of a caramel and kind of had the texture of caramel, but a bit softer. So basically, it was like a blend of fudge and caramel, and uh, like had an extremely distinct Jack Daniels taste to it. Like you could really taste the Jack Daniels that was introduced into it. They're they're a little good. I wouldn't really have more than one, you know, in a sitting. It's it's sort of a thing you just kind of you just kind of have every now and then, but. Um, yeah, those kind of those are kind of good. Those are kind of tasty. I like those. I want to um, also find more um, Maker's Mark barbecue sauce. Oh, I've never either, had that. Either that or make some. Um, I found like a tiny sample bottle at uh, World Market, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it's quite good. World Market has some surprisingly fun finds. Yes, I mean. It's I, the most well put together uh, garage sale you've ever seen. Yeah, it was so weird when they were like, "Up, oh, we're done. We're all out of Minnesota." <laughs> Just kidding. We're all back. Yeah, in the same stores. Yeah, for the most part. Like, did I did I dream this? I wish Krispy Kreme did that. <laughs> I wouldn't be upset if Tim Hortons came back. I mean, I would prefer Krispy Kreme. You know, you know, there's a Tim Hortons near here. I you know, there think. was a Tim Hortons near here. Did it close? All, all the Tim Hortons franchises in Minnesota closed. When? Um, three months after they opened. I'd, I'd honestly take I could have over. sworn it was open a month ago. No. They were really sudden in how fast they moved out. Yeah, the the, the story, as I, as I understood it, is <laughs> the owner of all the stores in the Twin Cities was, was one franchisee. And he apparently didn't understand the franchisee structure. And so he was making far less money than he thought he was going to because of the, the, the amount of money that they make you spend on certain things was well beyond what he thought was reasonable. And How can so, you not know that? I mean, not that I expect you to answer. I just, given the hoops you jump through to get a franchise... Mm-hmm. You'd think that would be well explained. Well, different franchises have different rules on the level of like consistency between stores you have to have, you know, how, how all of the McDonald's ads say prices and participations may vary. Mm-hmm. Technically speaking, the only thing that varies are the prices. The participation is practically mandatory. It's really hard to not participate in things, um, except for like regional specific things or the, the, the differences throughout the world. Like you can get, you know, beer in Germany where you can't yeah. in the United States. Uh, the prices vary because airports exist, um, and the cost of living is different in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the Tim Hortons that apparently they are very much a you must spend this amount of money advertising in this range within your franchise store, and that sort of advertising that might work in Canada doesn't necessarily work here, and and it's, it's lots of Canadian rules. Um, so it, it's yeah, the franchisee was was not happy with. Uh, his take at the end of the day. Hmm. I don't know if he was losing money or if he just wasn't making as much money as he thought he was going to, but he all of them closed all at once. Wow. On no notice to the employees. That kind of thing just drives me nuts. That you know, it's like what you 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 literally were like, eh, I decided this morning to close. Did you not read your contract? <laughs> um the uh the Krispy Kremes, I mean, they, I mean, in my opinion, I have no idea what the actual reasons given were, totally hoist by their own petards. When they were the only place you could get Krispy Kremes, I mean, maybe their popularity dropped from the insanity of I'm going to need police to direct the line, <laughs> which was like, really? I've had Krispy Kreme. They're not that impressive, in my opinion. But, um, no, the, the when they started selling them through Target... And other places. Hmm. And granted, they weren't fresh. I mean, they were fresh, but they weren't like... They literally just came off, off the, yeah. the line. Uh, I think that's what... One of the major reasons it did them in. It saturated the market. And they're not as good 
because one of the Krispy Kreme's big things is it's hot. And I I was very upset when the store that was in or near to Eden Prairie closed when I was working down there because I I would occasionally go in and and, and buy a fresh, the box was warm, carrying Mm -hmm. in the car, dozen to take into the office. Did you hear about the guy who had a to do with Krispy Kreme, although they've now gotten unstupid? Hmm. He was a, is a college student in, (laughs) pardon me, in the Twin Cities. And uh, he was making runs, four-hour drives down to Iowa. Jeez. He pre-sold the the space in his car uh, of how many dozen, bo- how many boxes of dozens did you want? And he would drive down four hours, pick up the limit that his car would carry, which was something like a hundred and ten dozen, Jeez. and drive back. And people would meet him in the parking lot. And he would sell them for about, I don't know, um, seven, seven, somewhere in the $17 range for a dozen Krispy Kremes. And there were enough people who were like, I want Krispy Kremes, that he was doing that. And a Krispy Kreme found out and tried to get him to cease and desist. And people finally pointed out, okay, first of all, you can't. Second of all, he's adding to your sales. No one in the Twin Cities except this guy is driving to Iowa to buy Krispy Kremes and drive them back. And why on earth would you be upset? And they finally went, oh, yeah, we're idiots, and made some deal with him where they're partnering with him. And, uh, (laughs) you know, but it was like. Wow, instead of turning this into amazing uh, how awesome Krispy Kreme donuts are, you're just going to come off as dicks. Yeah. <sighs> well, if you look at some of Disney's rules about the fair use of their stuff. Uh-huh. Well, that's like uh, Nintendo shutting down ROM sites, but then putting virtually no effort into putting out their own games for people to buy. It's like, yeah, we would buy them if they were available. If you didn't create false scarcity of your NES Classic unit, which has only 30 games, where I have a knockoff NES Classic that's got 790 games. Yeah. yeah. For the same price. Yeah, or when um, the streaming sites are all upset about their music being streamed, and it's albums that they don't sell. <clears throat> yeah. Or, and I mean, I'm not a proponent of taking music that and, and like burning it when you don't own it but they would get all upset about uh, like the only way to get this song is to buy the entire album for $20 and all you want is one song yeah. and it's like or I could just download the track and then I can listen to the track I want yeah and the ridiculous thing of course is the is the the record companies make it as though well you're stealing from the artists is like well uh, no. artists don't make money off their albums they make yeah. money off their tours yeah. so and that's a bunch of bullshit plus the whole when CDs came out and they charged more than the records and it's like your production costs dropped hugely and um, now it's even now that it's streaming, your production costs have dropped even farther, but you haven't noticed any significant reduction in album costs. Yeah, and they're like, oh well, it's because we have to. Uh, it's they they pretend they're a drug company, which mm-hmm. is a problem I have with anyway. And they're like, well, we have all these artists that aren't like never make a, a money, and we have to make it off. And it's like, no, no, you don't. You. You don't pay them anyway, so... The music industry has sort of solved a problem that the um, video, movie, and TV industry is not figuring out, which is just a few, like less than ten, streaming services. We've got Spotify, we've got Apple Music, um, Pandora... Pandora. Uh, Pandora is a different beast. You can't pick what you want yeah. to listen to. Uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Music. Yeah. Um, you know that's that's like you know, the the big ones. That's why you sort of you have one of those, and you pretty much have everything you need. Like um, there's hardly any music that's exclusive to a, a service, mm-hmm. and the the video streaming um, 
marketplace is completely different. Everybody wants their own streaming They're services. Splintering. Everybody yeah. wants their own subscription fee. And everyone's carving all this shit up into little fiefdoms. It won't be able to support it forever. I know. No. And right now it's just like it's blatantly so greedy. They just all want their own and they don't want to share with anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, the and here's the thing that, that I mean, I love Disney, many things about Disney. Uh, we were talking earlier, I've been on a number of Disney cruises. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the parks, enjoy the, the shows. But Disney is, is in some ways their own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. So there was the game um, oh, with the little, the little figures that you popped into the... Um, Disney Infinity. Disney Infinity, thank you. And they were on 3.0, and they were working on coming out mm-hmm. with 4.0. And they just lost interest. They just were like, eh, this was fun. We're going to cut it off. Yeah, and when they it was making money, they, they what they said was, well, we looked at the industry's arc, and it was starting to, to flatten out, and we wanted to not ha- be in the industry when it dropped. Yeah. And I'm like... Okay, so it was still making a pretty good return. And you know one reason that you had had problems? You. Yeah. Because, I don't know if you're familiar, uh, when they came out they came out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, oh, yeah, that would have been like one of the last ones. Well, one reason they cited its, its lack, the, the Disney Infinity's lack of popularity, was the really poor sales of Guardians of the Galaxy. Well... What they did is the, the Disney said, because they're all silos, they have no loyalty to Disney as a whole, mm-hmm. they, so the Disney movie uh, silo, which owned Guardians of the Galaxy, said, oh, we'd be happy, happy to license to you, Disney Infinity silo, the rights to our characters that you want, like uh, Gamora and Groot and Rocket Raccoon but you have to take Yondu and uh, Ronan the, the Accuser. And you have to make umpteen thousand million, whatever the number was, of those figures for us to sell you the rights to all the ones that you want. Mm. And so they did. And I, you will be shocked to hear that those were not very popular. Yeah. Because, true, Yondu in the second movie was a lot more popular. But Yondu in the first one, eh? Yeah, it was just a guy. And now, and then you back then you go to Toys R Us, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and all there's there is Yondus and Ronins, mm-hmm. and no quills. Yeah, or rocket raccoons. And, and they use that as an, as a well, look, the popularity has dropped. Yeah, I'm like you fuckers, because <laughs> that was a great game. My daughter loved it. It was the sandbox was fun, and it could just keep going. Yeah, you could keep issuing. I mean, the, yeah, that was like the uh, give the razors, sell the blades mm-hmm. that actually worked and seemed fair and reasonable to people like me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm still getting new amiibo for Nintendo that come out. Just bought three more yesterday. <laughs> and, like, because it just <coughs> it digs into my desire to collect little things. Your geeky soul. You, you, I get you, it. You get one, and it's shit. But you get five, and you got something on a shelf. <laughs> yep. I've, I've seen uh, Bear's uh, Amoeba collection. We, we bought an entire Ikea furniture piece just to display our Amoeba. Nothing. You, the, I will not judge that. I spent, uh, so, I, spent, I spent so much money at Ikea that I figured... Eh, might as well get lights inside of it. It's not going to add that much to the price. <laughs> Seems legit. Yeah. No, uh, I'm raising my daughter geek, and, uh, you know, we're, yeah. It's, let's just say I'm proud that my daughter is learning to dual wield with her <laughs> lightsabers. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I'm going to start a kendo club, kendo club when she starts high school. <laughs> Well, she, among the infinite number of sports she wants to partake in, mm. as well as the infinite number of instruments she wants to play yeah. and other things that uh, she's already... Uh, she, oh, she got, like a, she got her new belt. She got her new... She tested and got 
her next belt in uh, Shoeru Karate. But Get she's one. like, after I get my black belt, I want to start in jujitsu. <laughs> like, okay. Hmm. I was so relaxed in the conversation. I took a sip before I was supposed to. No, that's all right. We we. Yeah. So for the record, since we have failed to mention thus far, this is the Jura oh, Seven I'm sorry. Wood, I believe. Yes, the Seven Wood. Yes, the golfing uh, drink. Mm-hmm. So should I be smelling a little bit of woodiness from this? I don't know. I'm I'm getting some, but maybe a faint sawdust. Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's kind of what it is. Is it's just you know. Actually, I'm almost kind of leaning toward pine. Mm-hmm. It's lumberyard planks for sure. Um, I'll see your pine. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, the 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 of it is a little subdued because. Juranity. If you must. Because uh, one, one might say Jurassic. Uh, one might, but. Would you even? <laughs> Probably not. That, that's a dated joke. Um, the the thing with 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 the juras, in my experience, is is much like Lemurangi. A jura smells like a jura. Mm-hmm. That is less true of this than most. So I, I'm I'm interested to see where the palate's going to go with this, because I believe jura might have been the second single malt I'd ever had. The first being Glenfiddich, because I think that's a lot of Minnesotans first. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Definitely some tannins, but not offensively so. I don't feel like my entire mouth is trying to suck itself through a straw. Uh, tannins was pretty much all I got in the palate, though. I, well, I got a lot of tannins, but I, I didn't get them... Often when I get tannins in the finish, it I don't... It feels... It tastes... Black. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely pine. A little Some, varnish. A little varnish. Uh, not for those who haven't heard this kind of thing before. We don't actually mean, you know, how horrible it tastes like, you know, shoe polish. It's just that there's qualities when you smell varnish that are coming through in the taste. Mm-hmm. Um. And we dig drinking varnish. Okay, fine. Just put that out there. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it's not. It's not bad. For Jura, it's relatively smooth. Mm-hmm. I, I have not found Juras particularly smooth. They're they're often a little harsh on the top of the of the finish. Yeah. Um, a hint of I'd go with. Lemon zest. Yeah. I was going to say vanilla, but I, I don't. I think that's just the the sort of the, the as the taste passes the sweetness of change. Mm. I mean, there might be a touch of that in there too. I mean, considering it's a seven wood, I'd be very surprised if we didn't have a vanilla in there because the vanilla, you know, very common flavor in single malt. I would say late finish is where the vanilla comes out more. The, yeah. It, 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 it starts lemon and fades into vanilla. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I will give it credit for being different. And I don't mean that in damned by fate praise. I just, it's not um, terribly standard. Maybe it's a bunch of pineapple in there, too. Really? Yeah, early, late palate, early finish. I'd give it maybe a touch of pineapple. Hmm. Didn't get it, but that does not mean it's not there. The more I drink it, the more that's coming through, too. It definitely, to me, is a sipper. Yeah. Um, Fall. I can see it being the cold side of spring, as well as fall. Maybe. This would be good warmed up. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say I've ever tried warming any of this thing. Yeah. I've certainly tried chilling some. Yeah, but no, but it's I'm, an interesting sort of almost like a port or a brandy. Warming. I've never, I've never imagined something well, something as thick as a port getting warmed up. I've only warmed up a port to make a reduction out of it, so... <laughs> 
So wet. I often, after shoveling snow, like a like a hot, like hot toddy. Yeah, hot toddy. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I usually end up going with tea. It's, and for more often than me, it's actually hot sake or plum wine. Hot plum wine is very good in the winter. Yeah. I, I the only thing I would be worried about is depending on how much shoveling you did and how much you have to do and how much plum wine. <coughs> <laughs> well, how can Oh, I can just I can just picture your wife. Oh, honey, so you had some plum wine, did you? How do you know? I can see the line you followed to shovel. <laughs> it's like the first half of the shoveling laser down the road. Yeah. Second half Hey, we're going to come over here. I was going to say, I, I think you forgot to put line and air quotes when it's, you said that. It's always my treat after I'm done. Fair enough. Although, God, the, the you know, it, I don't know if anyone listens to this outside of the twin, outside of Minnesota, but if you do, one of the treats of living here is the, you go out, oh God, there's a ton of snow, and you shovel, and you think, because you you know you're wrong, but you you think it. Hope springs eternal. There, I've shoveled the walk and the driveway, and I'm good. And you go back inside, and you relax, and you have your hot toddy or whatever you're going to have, and an hour and a half passes, and you're walking wherever you are, and you glance out the door. The door. Oh look, you get to shovel again. Yes. And your your gloves are still cold and damp, and your boots kind of the same and it's just like well the first time I did this I was driven by purpose and I was still kind of warm and now I'm tired and bitter (laughs) welcome to winter I decided to give up early and bought us no lore I gave I got rid of mine yeah yeah well you can't get you can't easily get the snowblower from the garage to the front walk yeah and I have a driveway, but the driveway is one car long and two cars wide. Mm-hmm. So having a snowblower for that was kind of overkill. Yeah. And then I had a snowblower that I had to take care of and find place to put. And, yeah, so yeah, I've, I've, or I have a carport and a two and a half length two car two two car and a half length drive. Mm-hmm. And I stow the snowblower in the garage, so I can just go straight out the garage and go. Um, sadly, the gas-powered snowblower, which, you know, actually did a decent job, didn't work after the first season. I, I don't know what it, I don't know if it just needed a new spark plug and I'm just too much of an idiot. And now it, that it's been sitting for nine years with the gas I put in and the oil from that year. And so it's probably just shellac to fuck. Yeah. Um, take it, take it to any number of small engine. I also have no means to haul it anywhere because it is, you know... It weighs more than me, and it's big. Ah. Um, I have a little electric snowblower, which is great if the snow is dry. Yeah. If it's wet snow, it can't do shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that electric one, too. So, <clears throat> and it, But it definitely turned 40 minutes of shoveling into 10 to 15 minutes of I can get the car out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I... When the snow is right, the snowblower cuts my time in about half. But no more than that. My snowblower uses these guns. <laughs> I just punch the snow out of the way. All right, Chuck. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I mostly... If, if, if I catch the snow that's coming down, I actually use my, my wide-faced um, broom to... Um, sweep it to both edges and then use the shovel to just flip it into the grass. Mm. Um, but if the snow has fully come down, I, I have to like full shovel the whole thing, and that that's terrible. I hate that. And even then, I mostly just like put the shovel down and push the snow one direction or the other. I don't I don't shovel the entire drive. I like no. wide face wide faced broom is my oingo boingo cover band. Uh, all he right. does this jump too. As, oh, we all we all, we all do as this we all should. Um, let's see here. Wet. The vanilla actually kind of comes through. Yeah. Yeah. Wet. The. In fact, that's about all I get. Yeah. Maybe a touch of the lemon zest in the nose. Wet, but. 
You definitely get some of the lemon zest in the body. Um, it's actually kind of nice. The 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 um, the woodiness, the tannins go away until the finish, mm-hmm. and they're not destructive in the finish. They're a little heavier than I'd prefer, but they're not like I I like wines. I'm a wine omnivore, but I don't like um, Cabernet Sauvignon because. It's almost invariably too tannic for me, too dry. So, it's I'm surprised I don't mind this uh, as much. Kind of nice, actually. <clears throat> I feel like with a larger glass of this, an orange twist would be really nice in it. Yeah. Mm. Large glass, large snow or a large ice ball, and and a twist. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out the, there's a, there's a spice, it might just be pepper, but, um, maybe a hint of ginger, something, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I know what it is. Yeah, I think I see what you're going with, and I, I, I think ginger is a good call. There, there, there's a ginger ale quality to the mid-finish. Okay. And, and I'm thinking, like, a friend of mine made... Like ginger, uh, ginger beer, yeah. With like ginger, and and that's the kind of ginger I'm getting. Yeah, Not that the, strength, but no. That, I, the, that now now you say that salsa's homemade ginger ale is, is very akin to what I'm getting here. Note for those at home: salsa is a person's name. Yes. Not salsa ginger ale, which would be interesting. No, it wouldn't. I, a, I I didn't mean that in a good way. Was it kind of a kind of a spicy ginger ale? Um, no, it was it it, it just tasted fresh. Okay. I mean, you notice a lot of ginger ales where they where you have like the the ginger sediment in the bottom. They tend to be kind of on the spicy. Yeah, no, that's more what I think of ginger beers tasting like. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, I don't like it when it gets to the spicy side of ginger. They're making me want to start and storm <laughs> So, you had mentioned uh, that you did podcasts. Mm-hmm. Where, where is it primarily um, uh, off, Awfulcopter? Yeah. Or were yeah. you on several? Pretty much exclusively Awfulcopter. Okay. And let me just confirm that I'm hearing this correctly. We're talking like awful as in terrible, not, or awful as in O F F A L. No, awful as in terrible. Like, okay. Um, okay. Just. Different connotation to yeah. <laughs> the the vision of an awful copter or a awful copter. <laughs> no, it's basically like a play on uh, you know the old. Uh, I don't even know if this is a term used anymore, but raffle copter, where it's basically roll on the floor laughing, but then repeated uh, in a way that makes it look look like an ASCII uh, drawing of a helicopter. That'd, play, 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 that'd play, be play. the raffle copter. Play, 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 and. Uh, Awful because um, uh, we didn't skirt really dark humor at times. So dark humor? Why? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> yep. Um, you also had mentioned that you were a big Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. At least I assumed since you had mentioned you'd gone on Star Trek cruises <laughs> and we're going on another Star Trek cruise. That's not something. Usually, you you don't go. We're on a what cruise? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yes, I am. I grew up on it. It, it raised me as much as Weird Al Yankovic did, and to a, to a somewhat extent, my parents as well. The, uh, you know, that's one show I have not yet introduced my daughter to. Star Trek in general? Yeah. Really? Not because I'm like, Star Trek? Why would I expose my daughter to that filth? Um, <laughs> I feel like the best Star Trek to introduce kids to would probably be the original series. Animated. I mean, there's that. <laughs> well, no, see, animated is, is, is 6 to 8. Original series is, is 8 to 11. Mm-hmm. Next Generation is 11 to 14. 14 to, to 17 is DS9, and we shall not speak the name of the other series. <laughs> but, um, TOS, uh, <clears throat> I listened to another podcast called uh, Mission Log, where essentially they've been watching every single... Uh, Star Trek in order they started with the original series 
They've gone. They've completed the original series. Have gone through the, um, the movies, the, the animated. Movies. Then they went to the animated. Then they went to uh, TNG. Then did the TNG movies, and now they're uh, midway through DS Nine. Mm-hmm. They've been doing every single episode, one after another, and um, uh, they break down like the what they say the morals, meanings, and messages behind the writing of each episode, and um, it's sort of that sort of brings me to uh, that. The original series is good for kids because, uh, as they say in Mission Log, it has a lot of you see Timmy moments, or the their messages are are kind of a little bonk bonk in the head. So, yeah, it's very rarely you're like, what were we trying? To, <clears throat> what were you trying to say? And especially if you if you um, have kids that like um, writing stories or coming up with stories, it really helps introduce them into things like. You know the three-act uh, story structure, mm-hmm. and uh, coming up with the A plots and B plots, and it's um... well. And to be fair, also they are verbally clean. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about is this an episode I have to bleep? Yeah, and I mean they were uptight about navels of, uh, on mm-hmm. the show, so they that's your belly button. <laughs> they did. They did have. Um, some mild um, sexual content, but it, you look at it from today's point of view, and it's like, wait, that was sexual content? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty tame. Yeah, yeah. Um, Unless there, are, there are some dated attitudes toward women that come up from mm-hmm. time to time, but yeah, you, I mean, yeah, you do have to. Although, also, it was, you know, there were certain things about that show that were hugely wonderful. Mm-hmm. From how it treated people, and you know, yeah, um, and you and you got to. I'm sure I would get to answer the question. Why does Captain Kirk's co- uh, uniform change? <laughs> well, that's called the off season and weight gain. <laughs> uh, the old wraparound tunic. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, you're right. I think the original series is is probably the. It also had a, some some definite silliness mm-hmm. depending on what episode, um, and while Next Gen had its moments, as a whole, I don't think they were nearly. They, they didn't go for the silly as much. They did slice of life yeah. more, yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, TNG really didn't do this. You, you, you did not see a TNG version of a piece of the action. Well, no, no. There was one where you had Will Scarlet, Worf as Will oh, Scarlet. Okay. Yes, there was Q Pit. <laughs> that, yes. yes. that one oh, was, I was say, just... Q was probably... The Q episodes were the closest you got to whimsy. Yeah, I just... I'll never never forget the... May I see your guitar? <clears throat> Smash! <laughs> I am not... It doesn't even say anything. Just sort of yeah. calmly grabs it out of his hand. Yeah. Destroys it against a tree, and just hits back. back and says, "Sorry." Yeah, but, but yeah, there's no piece of the action. There, there's not even shore leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's you know going to Risa. Well, right. I, I, I'm a fan of Vosh too, but you know. <laughs> now, as far as things go, DS9 brings some some nice silly back in, oh, yeah. in a few episodes, and then there's the episodes that are never sil- if there's silly ever if you don't feel great, just watch an episode centering around the Ferengi and. Mm-hmm. Um, or the Mirror Universe, or the or the, DS9. Or the Trouble with Tribbles. Oh, or you mean Trials and Tribulations? Well, trials and Tribulations, yeah. but I mean the. The yeah, tribulations, the, right? But I mean the the one. Yeah. God, I love that episode. Yeah. It was both really impressive from mm-hmm. the how the bleep did they manage to squeeze all of that into the? I mean, I know the episode, um, the original episode. Mm-hmm. How did how did they do that? Yeah. And then just the whole uh, like non addressing of the wait, those are Klingons. <laughs> That's right. We do not speak of it. Yeah, we don't speak of it with outsiders. Yeah. Uh, just, just, and I, you know, when people, I remember reading when people heard that episode was going to happen, and everyone was freaking out about, who, what are they going to say? How are they going to justify it? Mm-hmm. And and it was to me the most beautiful. 
Yeah. We don't speak of it. Yes. Um, I dealt with it. It's a perfectly valid address addressing of the problem mm-hmm. by telling you to shut up and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anything to flog? We are now in the middle of December. Uh, it's an honorable life. They're still playing at the mounds. Um, at, at this point, the fearless shows for the year are, are pretty wrapped. Um, we will have a new fearless show uh, coming to you uh, called Dueling Narrators. It will also be at Honey. I believe this one is going to be the fourth Wednesday uh, of the month, um, much like the third Thursday is Double Blind Improv and the second Tuesday is Fearless Lab. Um, Stay tuned. Fearless will be doing a, another show, I believe, sometime in the early part of 2020. So I think February or March is, is when we're slated. Um, and I believe it is much ado about nothing. Oh, well, if it's not important. <laughs> well, also that. Um, so, yeah. Um, other than that, I don't think I have anything particularly exciting to flog. I actually have something to flog. Oh my god, Perrin has something to flog. Yes. <clears throat> Mark it on your calendars, folks. Um, Friday, December 21st, and Saturday, December 22nd. Oh wait, crap, that's this year. That's 2018. Uh, let me get it in there for 2019. I want to make sure I get the right dates. Um, let's see. Saturday, December 22nd, and Friday, December 21st. Uh, We will, uh, at the First Unitarian Society on Mount Curve, next to, uh, across the street from the the Sculpture Garden, uh, we will be doing a mummer's play and a dinner. I think it's ten bucks for the whole shebang. Lots of fun. Um, Definitely a... uh, classic mummers play of villainy and um, overacting. Nice. And I will be a quarter reader. So I will be, I believe, the winter wind. So there you go. Excellent. And uh, I've been Barry. Uh, You can find me on uh, the long hiatus sitting uh, podcast, The Awful Copter, which I just checked is still available on iTunes. So you can find me and uh, my friends there where we can have um, really just awful senses of humor that you might find funny or awful. It kills the captain. We kill the captain. And uh, beyond that, I'm not doing a whole lot socially these days, but hopefully I can find an opportunity to turn that around. Well, we were glad you had joined us on our show. I'm glad I was invited. Excellent. And now, as happened two weeks ago, and you've had plenty of... One small problem. Oh, what? Scores. Scores! <laughs> Sorry, totally forgot. Yeah. I, 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 I missed it myself. All right. Well, real quick, we were, we were drinking the Jura Single Malt Scotch Whiskey 7 Wood, influenced by seven select French and American oak barrels for a rare balance and depth with a hint of smoke. Matured in American oak, ex-bourbon, ex-bourbon, limousin, tronquet, allié, volsé, Jupier and Les Betranger barrels. Right. Uh, it's all Greek to me. Or French. Ah. Uh, for a rare balance and depth with a hint of smoke, mahogany golden color with an aromatic fusion of coffee, ginger spice, hey, ginger, and a hint of chocolate followed by caramelized peach, chewy licorice, and candied orange with a hint of sea spray and smoke in the aftertaste. We did pretty good. Yeah. I'll never doubt you again. <laughs> well, I'm good at this game. <laughs> never doubt me again? Oh, I can take advantage of that. Um, I am going to give it... Boy. Uh, you know, it's a, th- this is the opposite side of a three. So the first three I gave two weeks ago of this is a three because, oh my God, it was the most non-entity ever. This had some interesting character... And I'm torn because, on one hand, I liked parts of it, but it didn't quite execute the way I'd like it to execute. It didn't. Um, 
It's an odd combo in that I would happily try it again if somebody served it to me, but I felt that they did not execute what they were trying to execute as well as they could have. There were some negative connotations to the drink, to the, the flavor mix, and, and so it's like there's some positives, there's some negatives, so I end up with three, but I give it credit for having some character to it. Excellent. Um, I... Generally, um, speaking from a place of very little experience in this case, uh, enjoyed it, the, the sweetness that it had. It was a, just a tiny bit sweeter than sort of the other things we've been trying. Um, so I'd give it like a 3.5. Yeah, I, I, just to make it, I'm going to give it a 3.3. Three, three. Um, it, it had some, some nice positive notes to it. Uh, it might be one of my fonder juras. I'm curious to see how I've scored other ones because I, I feel I might have scored this one a little low. Compared to the jurors, but just you know, we're 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 here on episode 164, and we've had quite quite a lot of scotch at this point, and so I I think if we'd done this earlier in in the podcast, I might have given this as high as a three six or a three seven, but here we are, you know, three jaded, yeah, so three hundred and twenty eight single malts on the official record, not counting special editions. Um, yeah, this this is going to be somewhere in, in the 3-3. Three, three what does that sound like here? Oh, it's a liver crying out agony. <laughs> um, so now, as I was saying before we realized we didn't vote, right. you've had two weeks to think of a toast. Yes. As you were locked in our two, basement. Two whole weeks. His, his basement. So we give you the option. If you feel like you are... you you. The fumes of the scotch in the basement destroyed your memory, and you don't have a toast. We can take care of it. Well, at this point, the only thing I can remember is Star Trek trivia. Go for it. So live long and prosper. Here, here. We haven't had that one, and that is an excellent toast.